Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Today is a great day. We are kicking off a brand new series entitled, I Am. This is going to be a powerful series. I pray that it's the most powerful series that we have ever experienced here at Link Church because God wants to do something special in you. This series is not about your friend. It's not about your spouse. This series is all about you and what God wants to do in your life. I feel like like the greatest attack that we have is regarding who we are, right? The attack on who we are. But I believe that God wants to unearth, he wants to cultivate and excavate out some some things that we are going through that we can be the best version of us, right? We can be the best, best version of us. So Exodus 3, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version. I'm going to read about seven scriptures today, seven verses today rather. And I think it's going to be a blessed message today. The word of the Lord reads, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush, So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look and called, and uh, let me start that over, verse 4. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him. From the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Verse 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Today's subject is, I am called. I am called. Called. God, we thank you today for the opportunity to unlock the hidden treasures that are found nestled within the Word of God. For the Word of God brings light, it brings life. Oh God, and we need the necessary food of your Word today. Some have come with great sorrow, others have come with great issues. But God, we lay them at your feet. Now cleanse us with the Word of God that it may transform our lives. We come against every plan of the enemy right now to sidetrack and deter the plan and the purpose of your word in your people. Have your way today, God, and we thank you for victory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated 
in the presence of the Lord. Take a minute today. Y'all feeling good? All right. Y'all know the drill. Preach with me and God will do something special today. Um, Moses. Before I get into Moses, let me let me talk a little bit about this series, because I think this series is going to be a journey. It's going to be a special journey that will speak to what God has called you to be. I think the greatest attack that we face is the attack on the purpose of God in our lives. And perhaps you have been living beneath who you really are. Maybe you have been living only a portion, a fraction of who God has really called you to be. And it is the purpose and intent of this series to, to graduate and to augment the purpose of God in your life, that you will no longer feel suffocated by the things that plague you, but you would step into the glorious purpose that God has for your life. And I want to use today Moses, the great leader, Moses, the great man of God. I want to use him as the table upon which God would spread the spiritual food that we need today. For Moses in our text is he is exiled, if you will. He's banished into the back side of a desert in Midian. Moses is found in our text uh, tending to a flock of sheep. And he is approaching a mountain called Horeb. Now, Moses did not just get here by himself. He did not take a nonstop flight to Midian. He did not just get here and, and appear in Exodus chapter 3. But Moses went through the ups and the downs of life. He had a troublesome life. He, he arrived to, here through many struggles and through many uh, trials. Moses, as a baby, he was put in a basket, if you know the story, by his mother because his mother realized that there was something special about him. There was something unique about him. And because of the abortionist that Pharaoh had sent out to kill all of the Hebrew boys, uh, Moses' mother wanted to spare his life. So she put him in a basket and the baby floated along the river floated into the arms, into the hands of Pharaoh's daughter because Moses' mother had hopes. She, she hoped that Moses would find rest and would find safety in the arms of somebody else. And so Moses, from the, the beginning of his life, he was going through trials and he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. He was raised in Egypt. He was raised with a silver spoon in his mouth. He did not go through the, the troubles. He did not go, go through the beatings and the abuse of the rest of his brethren. He was not a slave. And, 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 and that bothered Moses. It bothered him to the point where he said to himself, you know what? I cannot continue to sit back and sit in the lap of luxury while my brethren struggle and while they go through great struggle and problems, I'm going to do something about their peril. I'm going to do something about their predicament. So Moses one day decides to go 
to go and to rise up against one of the slave masters. And he is so stricken with his anger and his resentment towards the treatment of his people that he ends up killing the slave master. And after Moses realizes that he's a murderer, he runs away and he flees to the desert of Midian. And, and Moses, because of, his, uh, because of his drive, because of his immature impulses, it, it causes him to kill an innocent man, if you want to say. A, a man, a man that, that he thought was doing wrong. And so he went prematurely into where he thought God wanted him to go. But he went before God sent him. And, and, and the, the trouble is, is not that you are called. That's not the problem. That's not the issue. The, the, the issue is, do you understand timing? Yeah. Because if you can't wait on God, then you would miss the purpose that he has for your life. And some of you are not struggling with your purpose. You're not struggling with your calling. You're struggling with timing. And you can't wait. And you're like Moses, that you're so immature in your impulses that, that you just go after what you think God wants you to go after. But you can't wait for God. It's like my son, Caleb. I was, I was uh, talking to my son this week because this week was one of the best weeks of his life. He was having pajama day at his school. It was Dr. Seuss's birthday on Friday, and he was excited. I mean, he was so excited that on Thursday, on Thursday, y'all, he gets up early, and he's like, yay, today's pajama day. And we're like, no, Caleb, it's not pajama day today. He's like, it is, it's Friday. And we're like, it's not Friday, sir. It's Thursday. It's not pajama day. He's like, it is Friday. And, and by the third time, you know, you're black parent. By the third time, you're like, sir, you're going to have to calm down with all that because you don't know it's not pajama day. But I, I began to think about that. What happens if Caleb went to school on Thursday with his pajamas? And, and I'm, I'm down, I'm from Jersey, so I say pajamas. I know folk down here say pajamas. And I don't know where y'all come with this pajamas. I say pajamas. And, 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 so, and so, Caleb, what happens if he went to school on Thursday with his pajamas on while all the other kids had their regular clothes on? He would have been early. Pajamas weren't wrong. They just would have been wrong on Thursday instead of Friday. And, and maybe some of you, you're not in the wrong purpose. You're not in the wrong place. You're not in the wrong destiny. You're just early. You just have your pajamas on on the wrong day. And, and you walk into the place and you wonder why it doesn't work because it's not pajama day. And, and my, my son has these Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol pajamas. That's a tongue twister. Paw Patrol pajamas. And, and, and he walks in with his paw prints on his pajama pants. And, and some of y'all are walking around with paw prints on your pajama pants. And people are looking at you like you're too early. 
Moses was too early. At the age of 40, God was saying he was not ready. So, so he was exiled. He ran as a fugitive to Midian. And, and he had to wait 40 more years. He, he got a wife. He got some kids. And he had to wait 40 more years. And that brings us to our text today. Because Moses is going through his everyday routine. And he sees a bush that is on fire. Now, a bush that is on fire is not what is weird. It's not new because Moses has probably seen that before in the desert. But there was something interesting about this bush. This bush was not consumed. There was no smoke. There, were, there, there was no smoldering. He could not smell ashes and it intrigued him so greatly that it caused him to go closer. And it was the very presence of God that was pulling Moses closer to what his attention had caused him to see. You see, it was the presence of God that was drawing Moses. Because Moses could have easily have seen or had seen the bush and, and, and walk away in fear, or walk away in trepidation, but Moses goes closer to what he is intrigued by. And, and God is using this dramatic scene to catch Moses' attention because when God is trying to pull you closer to him, he will use dramatic things to get your attention. And I'm wondering what God is doing in your life right now to grab your attention. What, what dramatic scene is going on in your house right now? And it's just because God is trying to captivate your senses. What is going on right now in your finances? And you're wondering why it's such a struggle. Maybe God is trying to say, over here, over here. I'm over here because when God is trying to draw you, he will use dramatics. He will go to great lengths. He will do whatever it takes to pull you. Oh, yeah, we serve a God that will do whatever it takes to pull you into his presence. And there's something about the presence of God that draws. It's something about the presence of God that pulls. It's something about the presence of God that you cannot run away from. No matter how much you try to move away from the presence of God, it just draws you. It just pulls you. And God will go to great lengths to pull you closer to his presence. Maybe God will do like Paul and silence, Silas. He'll, he'll, he'll lock them in a jail and they'll sing praises unto him. And at midnight, he will cause an earthquake to come just to grab the attention of the jailer so that the jailer household will be saved because when God is trying to pull you he'll do anything that he has to do to pull you into his presence maybe God will appear as the fourth man in a fiery furnace just to grab the attention of you Nebuchadnezzar so he can pull you into his presence and what is God doing right now in your life that is pulling you into his presence. 
because God pulls. He does not push. He pulls. Oh, y'all ain't with me today. God does not push. He pulls. And you know it's the presence of God versus the voice of a demon versus the voice of a devil versus the voice of another. You know it's the presence of God that is pulling you when it's actually drawing you closer to God. Because I don't know, but I don't think a devil or a demon would ever ask you to pray more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe you're being pulled to pray more or read your Bible more. And, and maybe it's not just you. Maybe it's the presence of God. Because God is calling Moses. And God is calling you. And he's calling on Moses. And Moses is approaching this dramatic burning. And as Moses gets closer to the burning bush, he hears a voice that says, Moses, Moses, take off your shoes, your sandals, for the ground that you are standing on is holy ground. And, and I want to talk today about three voices that you will always encounter when God is calling you. Three voices you will always encounter when God is calling you. And the first voice is the voice of God. And the voice of God is shown here in this text. And Moses is coming close to the presence of God, the domain of God. And, and God requires that Moses takes off his shoes because an unholy Moses is coming in contact with a holy God. And how in the world does an unholy man come in contact with a holy God? You have to take off something. Yeah. Yeah, the only way for God to accept you as unholy into his holy presence is that you have to take off something. The misnomer, the fallacy of Christianity is that you have to be perfect to get in contact with God. You don't have to be perfect because holiness is not perfection. Holiness is separation. And he requires that Moses separate the thing that he has been walking on. The thing that has gotten dirty in his past. You see, his sandals were dirty. His sandals were messed up with, with the past, with the terrain of his past, the typography of his past. And he was bringing his past into his present situation. And God was requiring that he take off his shoes. And what is God asking you to take off? Hmm. What is the barrier between what you are and what God is. You see, Moses had to remove his sandals because he had to be separated. And maybe you have to be separated from your lust, or maybe you have to be separated from your bad habit, or maybe you have to be separated from your own insecurity and pride, and maybe you have to be separated from what 
is plaguing you and God is requiring that you take off something because, because he is calling you. Mm. He is calling you because God wants to call you, you, yeah, you in your weakness. He wants to call you. You in your struggle, he is calling you. You, the messed up you. Yeah, the, the lying you, the cheating you, the fornicating you. He is calling you. Because God does not call you because you are qualified. But you are qualified because he's calling you. <laughs> oh, y'all didn't get that one, so I'll repeat it. Uh, God is not calling you because you are qualified, but you are qualified because of the call of God. You see, you see, God doesn't call you after you are right, but God calls you and then makes you right. So you're worried about what you don't have and how you don't measure up. And why you can't do what he's asking you to do. And why you can't fulfill the purpose that he has on the inside of you. And you're worried about all the reasons why you can't. And he's saying if you'll just come closer. The very call that I have on your life is strong enough to qualify you. Oh, you are minimizing the power of the call of God because the call of God will break through every struggle you have. The call of God will break down every wall that you have put up. The call of God has been echoing through the ages all throughout history. You see, you are so important to God that he called you before the foundations of the world and your call has been echoing down through the generations. Oh, I feel the call of God in this place. You see, the call of God was there at the beginning when he said, let there be light. There was a call nestled down in the very command of God that had your name on it. And you got to understand that the call of God was in your ancestors. The call of God was in your grandparents. And the call of God was in the very seed of your father that when the seed of your father hit the egg of your mother came into being your own life huh? and now you are realizing the call that God had started from the beginning because the God call of God is so strong that it goes through generational curses yeah, that when uh, your ancestors tried to mess you up and when other people tried to curse you, there is no curse that is stronger than the call. Oh, y'all ain't with me. The call of God. And, and, and God is, is calling you and he demands that you take off something. The voice of God, right now I know you can hear it. The problem is, is, is not that we don't hear the voice of God, is that we fail to respond. And what is going on in your life that is keeping you from responding to the call? 
And I almost entitled this message, I Am Irreplaceable. Because you have got to know that if you read Moses and his interaction, his discourse and discussion with God, that God was not going to allow Moses to leave without going to Egypt. That Moses is so irreplaceable to God that God does not have a second option. Oh, you got to know that you are irreplaceable and God does not have a second option concerning your purpose. If we only felt how irreplaceable we really were or we really are, if we only felt how God really feels about us, then, then maybe, just maybe, we would answer the call for Moses is now hearing the voice of God telling him that, that he has heard the cries of his people and he has, he has heard their struggle and their turmoil. And now God is saying to Moses, Moses, you are the man. I want you to go down to Pharaoh. I want you to go to Egypt and I want you to tell Pharaoh it's time to let the people of God go and you're going to come out with great substance. Huh. I don't want to preach that, but somebody in here needs to know if you'll just go, you'll come out with great substance. <laughs> oh, y'all not happy about that, but you'll come out so much greater than how you went in. And Moses is talking to God. And let's go over, Mike, if you could put it up on the screen. Let's go over to Exodus chapter 4. You don't have to go there. We'll get it up on the screen. Exodus chapter 4. I want to read verse 1 and, and, and verse 2. Because I want you to see how after the voice of God comes, now you have another voice that Moses has to deal with. And the Bible says, then Moses answered and said, but suppose they, suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. So Moses, after being called by God, is now questioning the voice of God because he has to deal with the voice of outsiders. You're calling right now, your purpose right now, you're struggling because you are thinking about what they will say. <laughs> oh, God, you're speaking in this house today. He is, he, you're struggling because you're worried about what they are going to say. And Moses says to God, what am I going to do if they say God did not appear to me? What, if, what am I going to do if they question my call? <laughs> and, and, and God turns to him and, and says, what do you have in your hand? And, and you will never convince God or anyone else that you are called 
until you use what God has given you. You will never convince God or anyone else that you are called until you use what God has given you. The problem is you're worried about what they are saying and the word and the voice of the outsiders are superseding what you already have. What you were born with. What the spirit of God has gifted you to do. Uh-huh. You, you are allowing the voice and the volume of outsiders, the volume of their voice to be stronger than what you have in your hand. For Moses has a rod in his hand. And, 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 and y'all don't laugh at my rod. <laughs> y'all, don't, y'all don't put my rod on Facebook and talk about what's pastor doing with that broke fake rod. This is my rod. This is what I could come up with, y'all. This is, this is the rod that, that Moses has. And, and God is saying to Moses, what is, what is in your hand? What do you have? And, and what would happen in your life if nobody ever saw your rod turn to a snake? What, what would happen... If, if nobody ever saw Moses' rod stretch out over the waters and the waters beneath part. See, see that's the tragedy of an unused rod. And, and, and the tragedy of an unused rod is that if you never use what you have in your hand, then then you'll never see the miracles that God wants to perform with what you have. That you'll never see this turn into a snake. And you'll never see a lot of people delivered. And you'll never see a lot of people set free through your ministry and through your gift because you're misusing what you have. Because Moses thinks that his rod is just his staff to lean upon. It's just something to hold himself up. He just thinks that his rod is for him. But I want to tell you your gift. I want to tell you your purpose is not just for you, but your purpose is for somebody else. And I want to tell you that God wants to use your rod as leverage. Yeah, he wants to use your rod as leverage because he wants to leverage your gift. He wants to leverage your calling so that when, when, when you utilize your gift, it's like leverage. Yeah, it, it, it catapults you into places that you only dreamed of going. That if you don't use your rod, you'll never get the leverage you need. Shama. Oh, I feel that. If you never use what God has given you. You'll never go to the place that he has destined for you. If you don't use your rod, you'll never see the leverage that God has given you. If you never use your rod, then people will never stop talking about you. Yeah, the voice of the outsiders, the voice is only only brought down to a whisper when you use your rod. Because it's when you use what you have. 
that the voices of others are quieted. Yeah, yeah. It's when you use what you have that you don't hear the voices of the outsiders. When you use your rod, God gives you leverage. It's the David principle. When you use what you have, God leverages you into a place of your destiny. It's the David principle that David just uses his sling and five stones to kill a huge giant. And it is the slaying of Goliath that catapults his name into notoriety. It's the, it's the reason why the women start singing, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands because David used what he had. And, and, and he was willing to use his rod because there is a tragedy going on right now in this auditorium. There is a tragedy. And, and if you were to see the picture of heaven as it looks down in this auditorium, it's looking down in this auditorium, seeing all the gifted folk in here. But, but heaven is looking at it and heaven's heart is broken because it's a tragic place. Because it's filled with people that will not use their rod. Uh, the tragedy of an unused rod. And you're going through your life and wondering why things are not working. And wondering why you're listening to the voice of outsiders. And wondering why stuff is not happening for you. It's because you won't use what you have. You're too worried about what other people have. And you want to use their gift to sing. You want to use their gift to play. You want to use their gift to start a business. You want to use their gift to to run a daycare you want to use their gift but it's the tragedy of an unused rod because when you use what God has given you it's leveraged like Joseph in the prison Joseph was a dreamer his gift was 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 to interpret dreams and when he used his rod it was enough to take him out of the prison and put him in the palace because your rod is leverage. Oh, Y'all need to write that one down. Your rod is leverage. Your voice is your leverage. Your business savvy is your leverage. Your organization is your leverage. Your ability to help kids, it's your leverage. Your, your, your gift to see things in pictures and to be creative, it's your leverage. Your gift with words, your ability to write books, it's your leverage. And, and, and it's the tragedy of an unused rod. And, and God called me to start Link Church. Because there's too many people that just go to church and they never use their rod because church has always been a place just for a few people to showcase their gift. But that's not linked church. Whatever God has given you, you can use it to make a difference in somebody else's life. Let me push on. To the third voice that Moses sees, chapter 4, verse 10 through 11. Mike, Exodus 4, 10 through 11. And, and the Bible says, 
Then Moses said to the Lord, Moses is full of excuses. He says to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Next slide. Uh, so the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing or the blind? Have I not or have not I the Lord? So Moses is dealing with the voice of God, the voice of outsiders and the voice inside. And maybe you can hear the voice of God. And maybe you don't hear the voice of outsiders, but maybe and perhaps you're struggling with the voice within. Because Moses is a great leader, but he's struggling with his own insecurity, his own weakness. And he is baffled. And bewildered and wondering why, confused, why God would call him because he can't even speak well. He can't even speak well. And he stutters and he's slow of speech. And how is God going to get this done? And you're worried about your weakness. And I've come to tell you that your own voice, your own negative voice, is enough to keep you from walking in your calling. And, and it's the voice that most people don't hear. It's the voice that maybe your spouse doesn't even hear. But it's the voice that you hear every day. The voice inside, the voice in, within is a terrorist. It's a terrorist. And the voice within you, the voice of your weakness, is like a terrorist threatening your very calling. The terrorist that's in your head just, just, just does his damage through intimidation. That's what a terrorist is. A terrorist may do something cataclysmic here and there, but most of the time, terrorists survive through intimidation, through empty threats to cause you to be afraid to step out of your house and go to the store, to go to a ball game, to make you afraid of going on a plane, just the thought of you doing what God has called you to do is enough to stop you in your tracks. Just the thought of you opening that business, just the thought of you, of you writing that song, just the thought of you, of you doing what he has called you to do is enough to terrorize your calling. And, and you have put more strength in your weaknesses than you have in God. Because I want to close this message out by telling y'all that, listen, the voice of your weaknesses are only as strong as you allow the voice of God to be 
in your life. The more you allow the voice and the will of God to be done in your life, the more it decrescendos the voice within you. You see, you see, weaknesses are, it's God's stage. It's God's platform. It's, It's the arena in which God wants to work. He works through weaknesses. He, he won't take away your weakness because he didn't fix Moses' speech. <laughs> you got to know he's not going to take away the fact that you read slow. You're just going to read slow. He's not going to take away the fact that you don't have enough money to do the business. He'll help you out. He'll bring somebody to give you the money, but, but he, he's not going to necessarily take away your weakness. But what he's going to cause you to do is rely on him. And maybe you're in here today and you've been trying to do this by yourself on your own strength. And, and you're falling into your weakness. One day you're up. The next day you're down because your weakness is like a terrorist afflicting your brain, afflicting your psyche, afflicting your mind. And God says to Moses, I will speak for you. I will be your mouthpiece. And the problem with Moses is that Moses thinks that he is going to be the deliverer. But it's God that's going to deliver And you think you're going to be the star. You think your voice is going to be the one that's on the Grammys. You think you're the one that your business is going to be written in the paper and it's going to be your name. But but it's God's name. And until you relinquish control and say, God, I don't want the fame. God, I, I don't want... I don't want the notoriety. I want it to be your voice. You see, your weaknesses won't matter when God is the one that is in control. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.